Hey everyone, just a quick thing before we get into today's episode. This is a bonus episode, of course. I was very eager to record this, so this was originally recorded on September 16th, right after I came home from watching this movie for the second time. And I had intended to upload it as soon as possible, then I got really busy with having to upload the, the following episode, the regular main feed episode. And then the next day, I fell ill with um, violent, <laughs> violent food poisoning, possibly salmonella, we don't actually know. But I was basically in bed for two days straight uh, as I was healing and resting, etc. And so for that reason, it was just absolutely impossible for me to do any editing aside from the main feed episode. And so that's why this is a little late. I do apologize for that. If you want to get your little spoiler warning, um, I put a timestamp in the episode show notes so you can see when you should stop listening slash when you want to start listening if you want to just jump right into hearing the plot of the movie for those who are curious. But yeah, I hope you enjoy and yeah, I will see you in the past. <laughs> Hello, my magical friends! My name's Ayumi, my pronouns are she, her, hers, and you're listening to a very, very special episode of Sparkleside Chats with magical girl Ayu. So, typically, this is a place where I chat with other people about magical girl series, but this week is a very special week because Pretty Cure All-Stars F, the movie, came out. And thanks to, um, I have to be up front, thanks to the kind donations of one Swagoos, um, <laughs> two Swagoos and uh, Cure Nico, I was able to go to see the movie twice. At the moment, I don't think I'm going to be able to watch it further a third time, even though I very much want to there. Um, I'm going to do my best today in today's episode to, you know, answer everyone's questions and summarize as best as possible. But there are some details that I simply could not get down um, because they happened so quickly during the movie. But before all of that, um, I just want to remind everyone that while this is not a typical episode of the main feed, this is a rather typical bonus episode. So um, you can look forward to that actually coming up in the bonus feed, which has been a little dead for a while. But I do have recorded an episode about the uh, Sailor Moon Cosmos movie, which will go into that bonus feed. And then I also am going to be doing some coverage of some other things. Um, I'm going to do an episode on the first half of the current Sentai series, King Oger. And I'm also going to be doing an episode about the very first All-Stars movie coming soon. So I am looking forward to that. In the meantime, what we're going to do here, I posted on Twitter, I posted on Instagram, and I posted over on the Sparkleside Chats Discord server. So I got a lot of questions, a lot more questions than I usually do. So we're going to do our best to get through all of them as much as possible. There are some repeats, so I'm not going to go through like each and every name in that case. But uh, just generally, there are a lot of similar ones. So I will do my best to get through all the different questions, if that makes sense. 
So the way I'm going to do this is um, for anyone who wants to know what's some things or have questions that are non-spoilery for the actual plot of the film, I'm going to answer them at the front here. This is going to include stuff about cameos of characters. And then I'm going to tell you the plot of the movie, and then I'm going to answer any other plot-heavy spoilery questions. And then finally, I'll answer the questions that are about uh, my feelings, because a few of you actually asked what I think about the movie. So with that, let's get to it. So first question um, actually is, uh, it's an opinion question. However, let's go ahead and get it out the way. At DP Ravenbird asked on uh, from Twitter, without giving spoilers from one to 10, how good is the movie? So my personal rating might not be everyone's is a 9.75. I'll get into my critique later because the reason that it's not a 10 is a spoiler. So <laughs> next question is from uh, at anime2yt on Twitter. Did everyone get their own transformation sequence slash group, etc.? No. There's only 72 minutes in this movie and change, you know, not including credits. They did not have enough time for all of that. I mean, in other movies, for sure, I would say in solo movies, often the filler element of a stock footage of, of transformation is very, very helpful. However, in this movie, there's simply too many characters to get through. So, for that reason, we only get one full transformation sequence. We see two characters partially transform, and then we see the beginning and end of their transformation sequences, and everyone else just kind of transforms in real time. At Mindo the Dog, hi Mindo, do you feel like the movie focused enough on the individual teams, meaning the uh, four teams we see, Team Sky, Team Prism, Team Wing, and Team Butterfly? Um, There's definitely more uh, focus on Team Sky and Team Prism. I honestly think that Team Prism might have gotten the most screen time, but I'm not entirely sure. You'd have to like really time it out and do some actual like number crunching there. But that's how it felt to me in any case, or at least I was feeling fed. <laughs> we'll get to that later. But the way that it played out, we got to see those two teams start, while the kind of creation of the other two teams for Wing and Butterfly, we kind of see them in the middle of that, like a little bit more montage we should say. Two different questions that are very similar. Kira Crystal one um, asked what were Haruka, Kotoha, and Saya's reaction to Tsubasa? And Milky Rose, where the S is a five. Someone please tell me if the girls acknowledge in any way that Tsubasa is the only boy there. No, they don't. Um, in fact, there is absolutely no mention made of the fact that Cure Wing is a boy, which I like. It's the same as the show. I feel very strongly that, and you could read my articles about this topic, but I feel very strongly that it's actually very important that they don't acknowledge that it's special that Cure Wing is a boy because it immediately normalizes it, and then the kids at home don't have to question or be made aware of the fact that it's strange. Because there are a lot of kids watching at home who have no idea that this is abnormal. And I have to be honest, there were a lot of boys in the theater my second go-around. I went on Friday afternoon the first time, and it was a bit of a quiet theater, <laughs> understandably. And then today, Saturday, I went again, and it was much more crowded, and I saw a lot of kids including quite a few boys. And I think it's really great. I can't say if it was like more or less than usual because I don't live in a big enough city where I can have that kind of data to compare. 
But from my experience, it's, you know, it's a nice change of pace. I don't usually go to the movies on Saturday to see a pre-cure movie, so can't really comment further than that. But yeah, so in any case, the whole thing with Cure Wing's team, there's no comment about the fact that Spots is a boy. Their only thing is about uh, the fact that he's a bird, actually. <laughs> yes. Um, okay. At Cosmic Ocean 985 on Twitter asked, What is Cure Supreme like? Without spoiling, Supreme's pretty cool. Amazing fighting skills and stuff. Very fun to watch in battle. And we'll get into more about Cure Supreme's character in the actual plot stuff, but it was fun to see Supreme on, on screen. I should mention, um, I'll get into reasons why later, but Supreme could be interpreted as having a vague gender. I'll put it that way. I think it's fine to assume that she is a girl. That's what I'm going to go with for this, because I'm not really sure otherwise. But I could see a reading for Kier Supreme as not being a girl, as being perhaps non-binary. Um, now, that is also my hopefulness, and just like with other characters, it's just a matter of things not being quite explicitly stated. So, there's that. Several people asked if Supreme has a transformation sequence. Not exactly. We do see a bit of what looks like could be part of a transformation sequence, but isn't exactly used in the same way. It's not a full thing or anything like that. And um, at Evelyn G. Gwen asked, does Supreme have a special attack or something? She usually uses that move that you see in the trailers where she kind of holds out her hands in a peace sign and this power comes out shooting for between her uh, index and middle finger, um, but it doesn't have a name or anything. So that is kind of the main thing that we see from her when it's like the basic time to attack stage. Friend of the pod, Mooney Hilton. Uh, I actually already answered this to her personally because uh, she is uh, she's coming to Japan where Mage was on Twitter, etc. But uh, she's coming to Japan to see the movie. And if you know her Twitter, you know she's a huge fan of Laura Lemaire slash Pure Lemaire. So she asked, I know I said I'd wait until I watched the movie, but I lied. Are there any Mona Laura crumbs in F? I'm so desperate. Also, does Laura steal the show like usual? I must know. I'm paraphrasing because it's a very, very long tweet, but to answer the question, yes. Cure Lemaire is part of Prism's team and is very much her usual personality. It's a lot of fun. And there's a lot of cute moments between her and um, Cure Summer slash Manatsu. Without getting into details, I would say it's more than crumbs. Maybe half a slice of bread. <laughs> okay, at Spark T Dog asks, how well integrated are the Miracle Lights? Only asking because there are movies in the past where they feel superfluous or to deuce ex machina. I suppose that sort of thing is up to personal interpretation. I thought they were used quite well. The main problem I have, not necessarily with the film itself, there was no explainer about how to use the Miracle Lights, and it's been a few years, right, since we've had them because of the pandemic and everything. There was no one trying to cheer on the Precure using the lights, thank goodness, but they didn't really have any explainer for how to use them. There was nothing before the movie to explain how to use them. Basically, from what I could overhear going to see the movie today, for any kids who were handed the Miracle Lights, the people at the movie theater were quietly telling the parents or guardians, please make sure they only turn it on when it's actually dark. It's not explained elsewhere. 
what they're supposed to do with them. So I do feel like they could have been a little bit better about that because the kids were shining them all over the place. Like, you know, it can't be helped before, during, etc. the movie. I, I get it. You know, to a certain point, it's like a fun little fidgety toy. The kids, you know, especially if they're coming in 10, 15 minutes before the movie starts and they have to deal with previews they don't care about, etc. Of course, they're going to be bored and try to play with the toys. But um, <laughs> I do think that they could have done a little bit more to ensure more comforts for people because, well, the first time around, I, I didn't mind. The second time around today, I was in the same row as a boy who could not stop flashing his miracle light throughout the film, including in my direction, and it was very distracting. I know what I'm getting into watching a Precure movie, so I can't complain too much, but it was still like, I wasn't exactly close enough to be like, hey, can you please stop? <laughs> so there's that. Um, as far as its integration into the movie, I thought it made sense plot-wise. Uh, it, it came at the right time, and it was exciting, and it seemed kind of clear to me, okay, this is when the girls are using it. Once the characters are using it, then it's your turn too. But for me, it wasn't as clear as past things because there wasn't that explainer, right? So because it's been a few years, it's like, it's not just that the kids don't know, it's like the parents don't know what these are either. So they didn't know when the kids needed to swing them around either. So it was just, it was interesting. Okay, now we're going to get into a bunch of very similar questions. Okay, so first question, do any of the lead cures have major appearances or is it just the main team? This is from Asa Andromeda on Discord. And Shine Deluxe on Twitter asked who are the cures that get dialogues. Basically, the main characters that we see talking um, for the most part are the four team groups. And we also get solid dialogue from all the lead cures from the past seasons. After that, there's only a few a few little points of, of really getting good teamwork in there and everything. We'll get into details about, about that. Question from HXEL132123 on Twitter. Uh, is there a pre-cure dance at the end? And if there is, what song did they dance to? So I'm going to be honest, this is probably going to be uh, airing during Soaring Sky Precure, if not tomorrow, in the next few weeks while the movie is airing as part of the promotion, so you might see this anyway, but they dance to the song Udeshkte, that's a very um, calm and quiet kind of song. There's a lot of great music for this, by the way. Okay, next question. A bunch of people asked about Cure Echo. Yes. A lot of people asked about Cure Mofun. Yes. Villains, past villains, Boombi, um, etc. Yes. So without getting into details about the context, we do see, in some cases, only a flash, only a single panel shot of all of the past cures, all of the fairies turned cures, all of the legendary cures, all of the bad guys who become good, all of the boys who have fought alongside Precure, also Rosemary, and just lots of wonderful cameos. So, yes, yes, yes. That being said, at Twinkle's Lucky asked, did Takami speak? No, sorry. Uh, Krobe Dan asked, did Yoshiyama, uh, referring to the animator Yu Yoshiyama, animate a Cure Rouge scene? Cure Rouge did not have any lines, so no. Cherry with one R, 16 Cherry with one R, does Mint do anything that I should give an S about? Unfortunately, no. 
She doesn't really have anything. Uh, at SciSat34, this Moonlight Speak, she might have a line in there, but I can't re recall in the flurry of flashbacks, but I don't think so. At, oh, honey, Cosmic Honeys, um, does Uni get any kind of special mention or line? Please, I'm clawing at the walls. I am so sorry, honey, but Uni does not really get any major cameo part. Um, she's involved in the battle, of course, but we don't really get any lines from her, I think. Um, at Captor Nene, does Kirwit become a god? Sorry, no. Important question. I love Purihua asked movie power-ups. No. Not in the way that we usually get, as far as the main team, especially the lead cure, getting some sort of power-up. That does not happen. Nink Nink, N-I-N-Q. I actually don't know how to pronounce your username. Over on Discord. On the Sparkles I chat server asked a bunch of questions that have already been covered, plus this one, which was new. Did Cure Majesty overpower the other cures in the final fight? No. I don't really feel like her presentation was of her being in any way special or more powerful than the other cures. I thought her appearance was actually very precious, and we'll get into that. Okay, now that I've answered all your questions that are not spoilery, let's get into the plot of Precure All-Stars F. So, we open to Cure Sky in a close-up. She is falling down to what seems to be Earth, but Earth is just collapsing into dust. Uh, everything is stardust. The only thing we can also see is in front of her is uh, Cure Prism, Mashiro, and they are trying to reach for each other's hands, but they both disappear. And then Sora, back to her civilian self, wakes up, and she's quite surprised. She doesn't know where she is, but pretty much immediately she gets attacked by this dark figure who only says, Precure, Precure, Precure. That's like a very typical kind of shadow creature with these weird kind of bunny-like extensions from their head. And um, before she can transform, luckily Cure Summer and Cure Precious show up to uh, fight, keep fighting. It looks like they were in the middle of a fight. And they are able to defend her uh, for a while before she has to come in she transforms and to cure sky so this is the only time we get a full transformation sequence in the movie after which uh, the three of them work together to fight off this guy who then says i'll have to tell ark akusama and they're like huh ark i wonder who that is okay so they detransform they introduce themselves to each other now one of the things they do probably just for time is rather than actually have the characters go out and say, Hi, I am Yui. I am also Cure Precious. Um, what they do instead is they have these little kind of sliding little name cards that come up on the screen that show their civilian name and form, their cure name and form, and what season they're from on the other side. So it's very, very quick, but it also helps just move the plot along, which is really great when you have only 72 minutes. You know, it's, they're, they're clearly getting along, and then um, Yui, Cure Precious, mentions that she is hungry, of course. Harapikota, that's her, that's her catchphrase, right? She's starving, and so is Kome Kome. Then we move on to Mashiro, who is meeting Laura. Laura says, hey, you're not Manatsu, scratching her head with her tail. Okay, anyway, bye, see you. Mashiro is like, no, wait, wait, please don't leave me behind. I'm also looking for someone. And Laura's like, oh, that's nice. Good luck on your adventure. Let's both do our best. 
and keeps trying to abandon her, but Mashito stops her. That's when Mashito finally realizes that Laura is a mermaid, and they go swim off to uh, find someone else or see what else is going on, and they encounter Cure Finale, aka Amane, fighting off a whole bunch of these dark creatures while protecting this little bunny named Puka. Puka just says Puka, by the way. Puka doesn't say anything else. So it's a bit of a struggle. They both transform and go over to help Cure Finale fight off these guys. And they just have so many of them they have to fight. So they know they can't just like stick there forever. I should mention as well, uh, I think I didn't say before that uh, Cure Sky, when she also defeated, she did a sky punch, but it wasn't enough to like purify the dark guy. So he kind of flew away. And likewise, these creatures cannot be um, completely purified, it seems, so they have to just kind of run off. And so, uh, at first, you know, Cure Prism is trying to get Puka to, you know, calmly come with them, but Puka is refusing to come near, and it's very clear that, like, Puka does not like to be um, touched. <laughs> so, Cure Lamere just grabs Puka and is like, okay, let's go, we, we don't have time for this, okay. <laughs> so, we see them run off. There's a, a palace, a tower, a castle of some sort that everyone is kind of running towards. Seems to be the end goal here. At this point, we also see some scenes a little bit in montage, like I mentioned, with Cure Wings team. In that case, it was we see Cure Ange and we see Cure Wing fighting. And then we also get to see Cure Felice show up, basically. It's when we get to first see them together. And then we also see, likewise, a kind of similar situation with Cure Butterfly, Cure Milky, and Cure Earth fighting. And then suddenly Cure Macaron is there to also assist. So we see the characters have all met. They're also in these very different places, I should mention. So, like, Cure Butterfly's team is in a very, like, wintry area. Cure Wing's team is in a very spring-like area. Cure Sky's team is in a very mm, desert-like area. Um, but also so is uh, Cure Prism's team, as we later find that they end up meeting with uh, Nodoka from Healing Good Precure. Now, she can't transform into Cure Grace at the moment because she is missing Rabirin, her beloved partner. And so they're happy to have her as part of the team. You know, she's also a Precure, of course. And they decide that they're also going to continue to bring Puka along with them. And Puka is the name that uh, Mashiro gives to Puka because... All this little guy says is Puka Puka Puka, right? <laughs> it's very cute. Puka is also adorable, but still very averse to actually being touched by anyone. Let's see. Next, we see the kind of uh, very silly. If you've seen some of the commercials, you've also already seen the scene a little bit. We see this very silly scene of um, the members of Cure Sky's team so far running to get fruit because they're all hungry. And when Cure Sky, when Soda tries it, she ends up getting ambushed by this, like, a monster bull, and everyone's running away. Bull bunks his head and, like, runs off, and everything's fine. It's a very, very silly, very goofy uh, little moment. Let's see what's next. Oh, yes. <laughs> and then we see Cure Wing's team. Um, they're all on Kotoha's, Cure Felice's broomstick. And Saya is holding L baby L and Tsubasa is his bird form. And like I mentioned before, Saya was like, wow, I didn't know that there could be a bird that turned into a human, much less a precure. I know someone like that, referring to Harry, of course. And as they're flying off, they're also noting like, oh yeah, our goal is probably that palace over there. But in the meantime, they spot a fighting 
Frenzess, and it turns out to be Cure Flora. Now, anyone who wants to get really deep into the voice acting fun here, Ayumu Murase, who is the voice actor of Cure Wing, first worked on Precure in the episode with the fake prince, pretty late in that season of Go Princess. And uh, for that reason, his favorite, well, actually, I don't know if it's for that reason, but that was kind of his adventure into Precure, and Cure Flora is his favorite to this day. So it's very delightful that he got to work with and help out. Yeah, um, it's very sweet. So we have that. Um, so now Cure Flora is part of the team, and they are all on their little adventures and talking about their dreams and everything. Then, you know, Sora sits down with Yui and Manatsu, and they're eating the fruits of their labor, quite literally. And Sora is wondering, like, is this really the right thing to do right now? We have to go find our friends. And Yui reminds her that, like, you have to eat or you won't have any energy to do things. And Manatsu reminds her, you know, this is the most important thing in the moment to do. So they eat. And um, as they're eating, they spot the same kind of monster again. But this one is being fought by a breaker, but one they've never seen before. And so they watch the battle play out. This precure actually completely defeats the villain, turns it into dust. And when they first meet her, she's quite surprised to see them. She's like, you don't remember? Oh, oh, okay, well, I'm Supreme. And so they're like, oh, cool, cure Supreme. And she kind of uh, de-transforms and she says, oh, just Supreme is fine. And so she joins the Sky Team and is kind of perplexed by them. Um, in particular, she seems to be like kind of confused as to why they're doing a whole bunch of things that they're doing. You know, for example, focusing on on eating. They end up later on. They happen to find this area that is full of these um, food trucks that might be very familiar to those who have watched past seasons like the donut truck and the taco cafe and some other things like that. And they're able to make some nabe or hot pot together. And they all say delicious smile and it's very cute. And Prim pretty much just does not understand what's going on here or why, why they are so focused on things like food or focused on their friends. And she asks why Precure is, which is a question that we got from actually a pixie or or Avery, past guest of the podcast. So Preem asks what a precure is, and we'll get into the why later. But yes, so then we also see more bonding with Cure Wing's team. It is an overnight situation, right? They have to spend the night. Cure Prism's team finds a train line or track, train track. So they're like, oh, okay, so we got to wait until the next uh, train arrives, and we got to catch that, right? And that's pretty late at night, so they don't they have to spend the night. We don't really see the the details of that, but that's what's happening. And uh meanwhile with Cure Butterfly's team, um, pretty much right after their first battle, they actually immediately have a fight because Lala, or Cure Milky, is really upset that Yukari or Cure Makuro wants to go one way when the rest of them wants to go another way. And Yukari's like, I mean whatever, just do what you want to do and I'm gonna do what I wanna do. And so she walks in the other direction. Now, as I mentioned before, they're in a very wintry, snowy area. So it's not necessarily safe to go alone, shall we say. Um, you know, we see that there's this kind of grudge there, and Lala seems to be especially upset. Ageha is just very cold and shocked that um, Asumi, Cure Earth, is not cold. 
And Latte sees how sad Lala is and decides to go find Yukari herself. We see Yukari like in this cave, clearly freezing, possibly to death, and she hallucinates a familiar voice calling her name. And we see the shadow, we see the silhouette of one Akira calling her name. And as she comes to, it's not Akira, it's Latte, the little dog fairy, <laughs> um, barking at her. So they're able to all come back together, and they've also found a nearby little hot spring area where they can uh, warm up. So they're all set, and while they're there, uh, Asmi notes that there is a very similar place like this um, back where she's from, and then Yukari stands up and also sees what we as viewers would recognize as uh, Ichigoyama, the mountain from, from her own hometown. And she doesn't say anything about it, but she just notes it and says, hmm, I see. Yeah, so the next day comes and the prism team is rushing to catch this train. Noruka is lagging behind. We have this whole silly scene where Laura turns into a mermaid to use her fishtail for Noruka to snag so she can also make it on the train. And that's when a little flicker of a rabbit ear comes up. Rabin shows up, jumps from uh, Mashiro's head, and catches both Laura's tail and Nodoka's hand, making absolutely no sense, but it's fine, let's go with it. And so they're able to all get back on the train, and luckily, of course, Nodoka and Rabidin are finally reunited. And it's in this very sweet scene that Uka remembers what happened to her with uh, her presumed partner, or equivalent partner, who is what we can recognize to be Cure Supreme. And it's a scene of Cure Supreme just tossing Puka aside, saying she's weak, she's, you know, useless, um, and she doesn't need her. So Puka, clearly recalling a traumatic moment in her life, suddenly summons this green energy and tries to run away from the others. But as she does, everything she touches gets completely destroyed, no matter what she does. This results in the complete destruction of the train car they're in, which is shocking to the whole team, but they continue to be compassionate and say, don't worry, you're scared. We don't know what's going on, but we're here for you. We just have to wait for the next train, so let's just walk down the train tracks. It's fine. It takes them a while, but everyone gets to the uh, kind of town around the castle. And as they do, well, particularly, I should say, Prism's team does, first, and they notice that for some reason, everyone there is no human, but they all just talk about how, oh, it's terrible that this dark, this dark, uh, great guy arc is destroying everything. If only someone would come to help. And they're like, huh, that's weird. I mean, they understand at this point that there should be a precure of this world because there seems to be this bad guy arc. But uh, they don't know what's going on there. So, uh, yeah. And then we see that finally, a notice, particularly because Yui has her catchphrase again, um, Amine notices that the team is there. So there's this nice uh, reunion as we see Amine and Yui running to each other and Laura and Manatsu running to each other. And of course, Sora and Mashiro just tearfully running to each other, so excited. But as they are all doing so, Puka and Supreme lock eyes, and Puka looks very scared, and Supreme says, so why are you here? And 
in a flurry, just a complete, like, flash, Puka's power comes out again, and she just completely destroys the ground that they're in. Um, so basically just sending the entire team, Cure Prism's team, down this huge hole in the floor, in the ground. And so it's, of course, like, oh, wait, we were just about to, like, be reunited. But um, as they're going down, the whole team is, like, calling out to their respective, you know, partners, if you will, saying, like, we'll meet you at the castle. It's okay. We'll see you. We'll see you. So they go to do that. We see that Cure Butterfly's team is also um, similarly there. Uh, they notice the giant hole, so they just missed Team Prism, but two teams are able to reunite. And Cure Supreme has a comment about how it's kind of strange that everyone is so focused on finding these other people, caring so much about other people. And Latte barks at Cure Earth because they both notice a very familiar uh, landmark from their own town in the background. And Asami starts to say something about this world being kind of familiar. So those two teams go through. Um, we have a very nice moment with Cured Prism's team after Puka comes to. And Nodoka helps out to make sure that Puka's weird destructive energy is gone from her little toe beans. And it's all very sweet and lovely. You know, basically just the constant kindness of this team are able to reach out to this poor little fairy. And so they're able to go on their way. And so everyone ends up meeting at the castle. There's a huge amount of fighting, of course, as everyone fights each of these, like, just horrid creatures. They're everywhere now. And so they are just all, like, ready to fight any precure at all. And they all rush to the top where this character arc just topples over. Cure Wings team does, like, notice that there's a battle happening and they rush over to help at this point. And so that's actually when they first arrive, is when Ark is seemingly very easily knocked over by Cureful AJ. And so they're all like, okay, cool, um, now we can all reunite, it's very sweet. And it's a very lovely moment with the entire Soaring Sky team, and Manatsu and Laura, and etc. All the others who don't currently have any of their teammates with them are also just like, hmm, this is very strange, what's going on? We gotta figure this out, because... There's something else going on here, and that's when Cure Supreme, who has not been involved in any of the fighting in the tower, finally starts to explain what's going on. So this is where Pixie's question is going to get answered. And also, um, Sush X Knees, I'm not sure what your username is. Yes, so Supreme reappears, and it's like, listen, I made this world for myself as an experimental place. I wasn't accounting on any of you to be here to defeat monsters or anything, so please stop. This is getting too much. And everyone's like, what are you talking about? And that's when she reveals, um, she creates this, like, she basically forces a flashback on everyone, in which we finally see that actually there had been this great battle with this giant floating creature in space who identified themselves as Supreme. Again, gender Big question mark. I'm going with Cure Supreme as a girl. Supreme before that, I'm not sure. So we see this this creature, which kind of looks like the shape on Cure Supreme's back, announcing themselves and um, just seeming to destroy all the cures. And the cures keep fighting, fighting back. We see this beautiful moment with a whole bunch of our favorites who are in pairs together, holding hands and fighting before finally, uh, in one like fell swoop, 
Supreme attacks the entire Earth instead, and that is when we see the kind of whole scene that we had seen at the very beginning of the movie. So basically, they had been fighting this being, Supreme, whose goal was to find the strongest things in the universe and destroy them to remain the toughest of all, and found herself or found themselves completely shocked by the power of Precure, causing them to destroy the Earth and recreate it into a new world, turn themselves into a Precure, create Puka the Fairy by uh, giving Puka half their destructive ability, but Puka, being a fairy, refused to use it, so that's why she threw them away. Threw her away, rather. Puka's gender could also be a question mark, I suppose. It's not specifically said. And then, with that, uh, created this world, created this, like, this basic fake fake group of people who are supposed to be the, the weaklings to be protected, created the monsters for her to fight, because she wanted to figure out what it meant to become a Precure and try to figure out why Precure are so tough. And she kind of felt like she was going undercover, joining Cure Sky's team, but didn't learn anything from all of their time together in all their like friendship moments and so on. Yeah, it was just really rough. She explains again how she created Puka and immediately disposed of her because Puka was too weak or too cowardly to use the abilities that she thought she had given her. Um, and so everyone is just so furious at this point, and Supreme's like, well, I'm glad you all remember, but I'm done, and turns, like, full of villain at this point. Now, this is where we get into my main problem with the entire movie, my point two five, uh, po- uh not points off, and this is something that, you know, will bother people, I'm sure, when they watch it overseas, so when Kira Supreme turns evil, all of her clothes turn black and red. Her um hair stays primarily the same, maybe a little bit grayer. And then her skin turns kind of like a darker orange. So it's not exactly like an actual color that exists in a skin tone because it's like radioactive-ish, but it is still like darker than she was before. And I feel like this was a poor, complete confusing choice in character design especially considering the end i don't know but we'll get there so that was my one point is whoever designed this why did you do this but yes so cure supreme now is like fully openly evil and a villain and refuses to be called preem anymore also is another thing but yes yeah, starts to fight off the cures very easily starts to defeat them and wing sacrifices himself gets sky and prism and l out of the way uh, and, and Puka as well uh, joins them. But Cure Earth makes a very interesting comment to Cure Butterfly that she claims that she didn't bring back anything on Earth that was um, important. So like basically implying that all of their loved ones are now dead, but she feels their spirit's still here somewhere, which means that, you know, if they knew how to, if they had a way, they could bring everything back and bring everyone back. So, you know, that was the one thing they had to figure out in the meantime they were going to try to fight off uh, Cure Supreme. And so she does end up defeating everyone in a way, gets tired of everything and decides to start um, recreating the planet again, destroying the planet again to move on to the next one. It is in this moment that we have a very beautiful scene between Cure Prism and Cure Sky where they talk about if they're being defeated, if they lost, why are they still here? And, you know, it's a beautiful thing about how they're still heroes 
because little L is crying and we can't have that. That would be against the rules of herodom that Sora has in her little notebook. So they are able to get the strength to go after and go against Gear Supreme one last time. Meanwhile, we have a beautiful scene with Puka and Elle, who cheers Puka up and helps Puka to see that there is a way, if they want to fight back Supreme, there is someone who has the exact same powers as Supreme and can fight back. And so that is when Puka becomes invigorated. And as it seems like everything is lost uh, with Sora and Mashido's fight with Kir Supreme, Kir Majesty shows up. And then Puka shows up, and Puka uses all of her power to start destroying this world that Kier Supreme has made, and in so doing, manifests the Miracle Light, and gives the Miracle Lights to Kier Sky and Kier Prism as well. And so they work together, and it's very clear that in order to bring back the world, they have to connect all the memories of past Precure. <sighs> so this is where we get to one of the most beautiful parts of the movie, uh, where we see recreated, like, basically different angles, different animations of past scenes that are from almost every, actually, no, in the end, every season, I think, like, very, very heartbreaking or heartwarming scenes of, like, connection and bond and love from various Precure to each other and with their friends. So, in the case of Soaring Sky Precure, we see the scene with Mashiro reaching out to Soda, like, I believe episode five, I want to say, uh, very, very early on, but it's it's very beautiful, and they're, like, watching their own memory together, and it's, um, yeah, it's very intense. We get one scene, and then another scene later with um, Manatsu and Laura, so, again, lots of, lots of crumbs there. <laughs> and we see a scene between Nagisa and Honoka, like from an early episode of season one where they bond. It's very, very nice. And just a whole bunch of scenes like that with Happiness Charge. We see the scene with Seiji from the ending, <laughs> the ending of Happiness Charge, um, with uh, Cure Lovely and Seiji bonding together and her making everything better and so on and so forth. So I do have to give a slight warning here for anyone, um, who's not a fan of this particular ship, and I completely understand if you are not a fan. A, I think the third or fourth memory that they see is a scene from Yes Precure 5 Go Go with um, Nozomi and Coco on the hot air balloon. So you've seen this episode, seen the season, seen this episode, you know what I'm talking about. And if Coco wasn't who Coco was, it would be a very touching moment. But of course, I know a lot of people, especially younger fans, are not a fan of this um, romance that's canon, and I'm very sorry, but they do have that moment. So there's that. But uh, yeah, otherwise, you know, they just keep going through all these different moments and connecting. And um, it gets to the point where, you know, as they're fighting, like everyone else is fighting Supreme, and then the memories start to bring back the cures that are, you know, essentially that are supposedly theoretically dead from the first attack. There's a scene with Cure Blossom and Cure Cure Heart. So, oh, it's so good. They use the scene in Doki Doki Precure, the, the one, the volcano scene with um, Cure Heart and Regina. You know the one I'm talking about if you've watched it. And yeah, Cure Heart shows up and is like, hey, love is very important, actually, and, you know, defends everyone. It's very beautiful. Um, we see the scene from 
near the end of Hard to Catch Precure, um, before they become a giant woman, I guess, but that scene, and um, Cure Blossom also shows up, and so they're fighting, it's really nice. They keep going back, so we see, you know, Cure Lovely and Cure Happy come back together, um, and so on and so forth. Eventually, we get, like, scenes and uh, flashbacks from all of the leaders, basically, and it's very, very nice, until finally all the leaders have come back. And then we get the rest of them coming back in turn. And so they have finally brought back Earth to the way it was before. And we see it come back with Japan right in the center, of course. And um, yeah, all the girls. This is the part that's like kind of got a lot of CG animation in it. But you see like this large shot of all the cures all lined up. And it's very exciting. And then we get into the real battle as Cure Supreme becomes this giant version of herself all dark and shadowy and stuff and the final battle comes we get a whole bunch and i mean a whole bunch of fights but before we do we get to the aforementioned cameos part so again these are flashes like one shot each so i cannot recall exactly everyone who shows up but it is really everyone from i remember i really wanted to take notes the second time around but it was just so fast i could not and that's fine that just means I have to go see it again, or what have you. I'm definitely, I'm definitely buying this Blu-ray when it comes out for sure. But yes, so we have this amazing thing here. <sighs> so we see, you know, in terms of people using the Miracle Lights, we see all the fairies use the Miracle Lights, and then we see all the boys use the Miracle Lights. So that includes Udio, that includes, includes Takumi, includes um, like lots of characters. We also get another shot of like a bunch of redeemed villains, including I rem- I'm pretty sure I saw Boombi, and I definitely saw um, Salar and Wester from from Fresh Precure, and I saw Rosemary, and it was like amazing. And then we get another shot of all the legendary cures, so Cure Empress and Cure like everyone, just oh, it was so beautiful. And then we also see uh, yeah a bunch of the side cures, including including Cure Echo. We'll get to the fairy ones later. And so that was like whew, so exciting, very thrilling. And then we get to the fight now. All the fights in this movie are so gorgeous, so incredibly well animated. If you like action, you're gonna love this movie. And so we get all these fun shots of a bunch of like cool like characters just teaming up to do super attacks, uh, combined attacks. I think the most epic one is where several characters from Kitakita Precure Mode and several characters from Delicious Party Precure come together. They do the big cake finisher but it's topped with a cure papaya. Oh, it's so perfect. And then another big one that a lot of people I think will talk about, it's definitely kind of a fan service moment, is when Cure Lemaire goes, oh my god, there's a mermaid precure. And Cure Mermaid is like, yes, let's team up. And so they do an attack together. We see like all the variations of the attacks from Cure Miracle and Magical, combined with a bunch of happiness charge precure attacks, which is such an interesting combination that had not occurred to me, but it's like perfect. <laughs> They're the form change ones, of course. So that was super fun. We get a, a big one with a bunch of the Star Twinkle cures and um, a bunch of other cures that are fabulous. I don't know. They all come together. They create a giant pea that then like explodes. And oh, Cure Twinkle is in that one, I remember, because she does the pose. She does the pose from her thing. Anyway. I should mention, by the way, that any time that we see a stock attack in the series, except for Sky Punch, it is uh, not stock footage. Like It's reanimated footage of that attack. But 
Yes, it's so good, so big, so fun. <sighs> Very exciting. So that's all happening. We see all these different things. Um, we get the big attack with like like a whole bunch of different things, and it seems like we see Puka show up also to fight. And Puka still's got her miracle light, and she's doing her best. I should mention, by the way, that she has the same voice actress as uh, Anya from Spy Family, and it is the same voice. So it's you can't help but love Puka. She's great. You know, she is like ready to continue fighting. She's like Puka Puka Puka, and. Just as it seems like all is lost, you know, we see Cure Yell being like, you can do it, believe in yourself. And Puka seems to get power from the fairies, including Kome Kome in her, um, the lunch dress form from the Delicious Party movie. We see Cure Mofurun here. We see Royal Candy from Smile Precure. And we see Cure Pekorin as well. And so they all come with their things and their spirit goes into Puka and Puka becomes... Cure Puka! Oh, so cute! So design-wise, Cure Puka is very similar to Cure Supreme, except that everything is very, like, pastel pink. And instead of the kind of weird little white ear situation, she has longer, you know, bunny-like ears that are gray, like her original design has. So whatever you might think about Puka's gender, Cure Puka, for me, definitely a girl. And Cure Puka's like, listen... I was afraid to use this power when you gave it to me. I didn't like it, but now that I know I can use it to protect people, I am happy to do so. And just she just pummels Cure Supreme and starts to break out her crystal that's in her heart, um, this green crystal. And so this is where like it becomes clear, okay, if we're going to defeat her, we've got to break this crystal. And that's where all the attacks start coming directly there. And it's very big. And then finally, we get the super big attack with all the cures coming to, like, just punch through her, and it's so epic and so gorgeous. Ugh, just so moving. And it's in that moment they basically punch her back into size, um, so that she is, like, back to the cure supreme as she was before. Though when she wakes up, she is, she kind of looks like a mix of, like, the villain form and the first form we see her in, where... She's got the black costume, but her skin is back to being very pale, which, okay, guys, I'm not sure what was going on there. You didn't have to do all that. And her hair is back to the way it was before. So, like, she seems to be now just pure supreme. And we get at first that she's coming to, like, we hear in the background all the cures that were in the previous teams talking about how they're going to get another, like, Nabe ready and everything. And it's very cute and very sweet and so yeah they invite supreme to come help and she's just confused as to why they would and they're like well you know we're gonna eat together we're gonna be friends and then um puka shows up puka is still cure puka and is like hey i think that you were already starting to change when you made me and became a precure or became this new form and so she realizes, like, oh, yeah, I was aspiring to be a precure, so that was already, you know, softening or warming up to them, if you will. But I'm still all alone, and Kyopuka's like, you're not alone anymore. It's fine. Let's let's go start this new life. And so that's the end. And then we get the ending song again with the dance. The dance song, again, you might get to watch it when you watch uh, Soaring Sky. I'm not sure. I know Crunchyroll's not going to air it, but, you know, here in Japan at least. And what I want to say 
for sure is um you'll get scenes from all the the flashback scenes like the original scenes uh that they used and again so moving we do get one other shot showing supreme and puka kind of looking almost more normal <laughs> the whole team of soaring star like walking through this area with all these scenes kind of projected on the walls and then they find this pathway that's like this aisle that leads to this heart arch Cure Sky and Cure Prism look at each other and nod and they walk through and it looks like they're about to get married. But in any case, it's actually just a whole other world, a whole other region where everyone is dancing and uh, dancing to, to the ending song. So we get that dance moment. That's the plot of the movie. Let's get to the rest of the question. So as uh, I've already answered the questions regarding Prem and Puka, and then also I would say, yeah, Prem is, you know, she's, been bad for so long that she didn't know how to be good anymore and so she kind of learned because she kept getting the wrong message about why the precure are precure right but yes in the end she does get redeemed i'm very happy for her for there that more specific questions okay let's see ashvia dino on twitter asked if lala does anything or like what lala does so Lala is pretty big in terms of the the kind of plot with Cure Butterfly's team. It's a conflict between her and Cure Macaron, right? And you know has a lot of cute moments. There's a little like antenna touching moment with Yukari as they kind of make up. Yeah, it was it was very sweet. Hmm. Next question is about Mana's um, stuff. So I already mentioned Mana's participation. You know, Cure Hearts, but she um, is one of the first to come back. Um, as the, the flashbacks are starting and she, you know, defends the power of love and all that, which is very nice. Very of her season, I would say. <laughs> um, so next question um, is a more similar question that's uh, after this, but both the Skander underscore Afi and Magical Being Calls asked about Sora and Mashido's feelings and thoughts and worries, etc. I would say that this movie has a lot of um, moments with them. It's very clear, especially from Soda's perspective, we see a lot of her like just being very, you know, heartbroken, worried, frantic about the fact that she doesn't know where Mashiro is and she, she needs her to be okay. It's very, very touching. Any heartwarming moments from Rose Pal 3, past guests of the pod? Um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of really sweet moments in this m- movie in general, but the one that really struck me was, of course, between Elle and Puka. Because Ella's baby, <laughs> she's very cute. Let's see, uh, Clavy, I think Clavy, I don't know how to pronounce your username, asked, what does F mean to you? And did the cures and allies embody what it means to be a hero? So I do think the kind of definition of pre-cure was the main thing being questioned in this movie. This is something I actually predicted not to brag. Um, uh, and more than what F means, right? So they don't actually define F, but if I were to choose a word based on this movie, I would say it would stand for friendship because it is that power of friendship that really brings things together. But uh, yeah, the the cures definitely were showing the kind of classic thing with, with so many magical girls, not just pre-cure, of course, of, you know, like defending what needs to be defended, but also you know, reaching out a hand, trying to, trying to, you know, meet someone where they are, talk things out, right? That's something that we're trying to do actually with ARC 
the, the fictional villain. So that was interesting. Um, let's see, Hamoud Toys asked, what do you rate the movie out of 100? I already said, you know, 9.75 out of 10. So I guess 97, 98 out of 100. Yeah. <laughs> what was your favorite team, uh, Team Prism? I'll get into why in a moment, because Lapis asked, what is your favorite interaction between any cure from any team? So I found that in general, the team choices were very interesting, but my favorite interactions were definitely with Cure Prism's team. In particular, like, I think a lot of people were wondering why Nodoka was in Cure Prism's team. She's a lead cure, so why isn't she on Cure Sky's team? But also, like, is this just a joke because Dabidin and Mashiro have the same voice actress? I think the reason is honestly, like, Nodoka's kindness. And I think that is kind of the thing about both both Mashiro and Nodoka. Kirlamir is nice when it counts, you know, when it's important to be. Kir finale is, you know, Amin is also very kind. Like, the delicious party kind of moment that becomes really important later between Precious and Finale is the moment of Yui rescuing Amane before she becomes Cure Finale. That episode is very good. Yeah, and uh, other people have asked similar questions about this, so I just think that the personalities here, the kindness in general with these four made for a very interesting exploration of character, and I found that their team was important because Puka was on their team. Their ability to reach out to Puka was... Honestly, everything that was necessary to save the whole world. So, you know, kudos to them. And let's see. Oh, yes. So we, we're going to get to the very, very final questions uh, here. So Hurricane Kishore asked, is this the final movie? No. Why would anyone think that? <laughs> but yes, we did get a little teaser thing for 2024's Precure. Uh, at the very end of the movie, they always do this every single time. It's a tradition, and it's very important because back in the day when we weren't sure if Precure was going to continue, this was the first thing we found that would tell us that Precure was going to continue. It used to be like very clear, oh, there's a fall movie, there's going to be a spring movie, so here's the trailer. There would usually be a teaser trailer, but that stopped a few years ago, of course. So the only thing we got was the message that... The movie is going to be in 2024. That's all the info we know. But um, Shoujo Ember asked, what did this teaser look like? I'm going to be honest, I didn't notice anything about it that stood out to me as a different visual than usual. I remember for the last movie, the thing I had noted was some hearts and uh, crown, which I guess was a reference in the end, to cure majesty. I get, I'm not sure, but... Okay, and then also Ember had some other questions that were uh, interesting. So did Rabidine and Mashido lampshade each other's voices at all? No, they, they were different voices, and I think if you didn't know, you might not realize, which is amazing. I love voice actors so much. <laughs> yes, and also asked about power-ups. I already said there is no power-up, just the the closest thing to the power-up was the Cure Puka moment. Um, and then the last question, Moomoom Hilksy asks, is there a link to this movie yet? That's super illegal for both whoever's recording the movie and then whoever's posting it, etc. No. It's literally been two days since the movie came out. Please relax. And Kflayer63 asked, when is this movie going to get subtitles? So, typically, January these days is when the fall movies 
gets released on Blu-ray and DVD. Someone's going to rip that Blu-ray, put it up on the internet uh, as a torrent or something. Other people are going to translate it. Usually, Chinese subtitles come first, and then English subtitles come after. Yeah, so if you want to watch this movie and know everything that happens, that is when that's going to happen. Though, this year, something very special has happened. They've announced that there is going to be a screening of this movie in Italy at Luca Games, which I'm not familiar with, but seems to be kind of a gaming convention. So congratulations to the people who can attend that, because wow, I hope this means more Precure internationally in the future. This movie definitely deserves screenings elsewhere. Still, it's something, right? It's amazing. We haven't really had anything like this in a long time, so pretty cool. But yeah, that's all the questions. I've been chatting for quite a while about this amazing movie. Again, I had so much fun. 99% perfect. You know, just the weird design choice with the skin tone. That was not necessary. But I am just so hype about this movie existing. And I also just had a great time going to the movie theater and seeing so many cute kids in costumes. I saw Cure March the first day. That was shocking. Sorry to the Cure March fans, though. She did not have any moments in the movie. There is so much about the movie that, like, there are all these small details that I could not notice because it was going so quickly. So I'm, you know, in a way a little envious of people who are going to watch it for the first time on their computer screens and are able to pause every moment to go, oh my god, I can't believe that's happening right now. They're collaborating? This is so amazing. You know, so, yeah. <laughs> Again, thank you so much to everyone who asked questions. I had such a great time in the theater. Thank you to everyone who donated money to me when I realized that I had won the ticket to, or won the seat, I should say, to see Dancing Star Pre-Gear, but didn't have enough money for the ticket to secure it. So everyone who sent me money really made my day, week, month, etc. And I'm going to have an amazing birthday this year. I'm very hyped. <laughs> But yeah, so that's everything I have to say here. If you enjoyed this episode, I have episodes about so many seasons of Precure, most seasons of Precure that you can listen to, so please go check those out. I don't know, if you're new to the podcast, please feel free to rate and review the podcast. Um, check us out. We have so many episodes. You know, it's absurd. We're nearing the end of season seven. I can't believe it. Bonus episodes are coming soon I promise and yeah just there's so much so 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 much happening at magical girl Ayu on the socials and at Ayu she knows is my personal twitter which is where I think a lot of people found I had to mute so many tweets over the past two days but um yeah I am just so so thrilled with this movie and I hope that you enjoyed listening to this weird ramble um, but yeah, so that's all for now, and I hope you have a good rest of your day. Bye!